Welcome to the Leader Think Podcast, where we discuss personal growth, human performance, and culture change. This is your host, Philip Grison. Thank you for joining me on this path. I hope you enlighten others along the way. Hey, everybody. I was reflecting on the power of reflection, if that makes sense. A couple things trigger these thoughts. But one was how high-level leadership and human performance training most often fails due to the lack of reflection. So just to make sure we're all on the same page, personal growth concerns three interconnected components. Consuming new information, reflecting on that information, and then applying it to your unique life experience. Consuming information could be reading a book. But it could also take place in other forms, like listening to a podcast, attending a class, or watching a YouTube video. When consuming information, it's extremely important that we take notes on what we're learning. If we don't take notes, our retention of that information is pretty weak. But reflection is what I consider one of the most critical components that is often skipped. We have to think about what we are learning. If we aren't thinking about it, It's just some concept that may not appear useful to us. And that's the reason a lot of people don't get much out of a book or a seminar. When they don't reflect on how the learning applies to their life, they usually don't see much value in it. Even though they consume something new, they don't experience significant change from that learning. When we reflect, the idea is to think about how you see these concepts at play in your unique life. That's where you can finally put new knowledge to use and create something from it. That's where you can experience significant change. Reflection is like unlocking the code. I can listen, watch, or read about a concept, but how does it apply to me? Doing the reflection work is breaking that code of what it means in the real world or my real world. And from there, I can apply it to my life. Many consume, but few reflect. They read a book, they listen to a podcast, they attend a class, but they only remember about 5-10% to of whatever it is that they're learning. Then it slowly fades away as they return to their day-to-day routine. People often tell me a book or video didn't teach them much because it didn't fit their own unique life or their unique job. It's the lack of reflection that influences people to think this way. Take the safety profession. I could learn something new about coaching or communication or behavior, but most often what I'm learning is explained with examples in a different profession. To get something out of it, I have to convert the examples to my profession. Even if what we are learning is something with safety profession examples, Are they specific safety examples? I may learn a safety concept with manufacturing examples, but I have to apply it to construction safety scenarios. I have to reflect on whatever I learn to convert it to something useful in my unique construction safety world. I've heard a lot of that concerning Sidney Decker. People say he doesn't understand construction or his teachings don't apply to their work. Sidney Decker knows the airline industry. That's his expertise. The idea is to apply the concepts he teaches to your unique industry. That's why reflection is so important. 
People don't understand how to use new information when they don't reflect. You know, one time I saw where a safety professional posted online after reading Decker's Field Guide to Human Error. In his post read, I wonder if this guy has ever spent a day of his life on a job site. Kind of ironic considering Decker is often quoted as saying, you can judge or you can learn. But I get it. Without the process of reflection, it could appear like Decker doesn't understand construction and his teachings aren't very valuable. The idea is to reflect on his teachings so you can apply them to your industry, be it construction, manufacturing, or whatever it is. We have to reflect. The same thing goes with a lot of leadership concepts. Many leadership gurus teach concepts with examples from their industry, and it might be marketing or sales. Someone may then decide it's not valuable because they didn't hear a construction safety example. Without reflection, so much great information available to us is deemed unrelatable. It may seem like good information, just not applicable. But when we reflect, we translate the concepts into something we can apply. That's why reflection matters. You know, applying leadership concepts and human performance to the construction industry is relatively new. To do this work, it's imperative that we reflect so we can apply them. I recognize everyone is different, and I fully admit that I'm a thinker. I like to think. I enjoy it. I enjoy reflection. Maybe I'm blessed that reflecting is one of the most enjoyable activities to me. But I learn to love it. I love to sit outside and think about concepts I'm learning and how I can apply them in my own world. It's fun for me. Maybe other people don't think that way. Maybe they have never learned to enjoy reflection. Some may even see it as a chore. But I believe people can learn to think more and love reflection, especially if it ends up helping them improve their lives. I totally believe anyone can learn to do this. You can learn to love thinking about what you are learning especially when you experience the power it gives you. People need to find enjoyment and reflection or they aren't going to grow much. If you can learn to be stimulated by reflecting, you will do it because it's fun. If you see it as a chore, you probably won't grow very much. You have to make time for reflection, and we all are so busy these days. It doesn't have to be an hour-long workout but you do have to make time for it. If you think about the amount of time people spend on their phones, there's always time for reflection. When people think they don't have time for it, it's mostly a time management issue. We have to put the phone down for a bit or give up that Netflix show to make time for it. I've been reading The Everyday Hero Manifesto by Robin Sharma. He has a chapter in there about reflection and alone time. He talks about how important it is to protect some alone time to do this work. He protects alone time. He says rising to your greatest creative state only occurs in isolation. And he's right. My greatest creations were always created when I was alone. Alone time is valuable. We have to give ourselves room for alone time to reflect and to create. I'm married, raising two kids, and super busy with work, 
like a lot of you probably are too. But I also know the value of alone time for reflection and creation. What has been working for me in this stage of life is the grill. That's the space for me to reflect and create. I try to grill something as much as possible, even when it's hot outside, and sometimes even when it's raining. I could light the charcoal, go back in the house, and come back when it's ready. Or I could sit there by the grill and reflect while I'm waiting, waiting for the charcoal to ash, and then waiting for it to cool down a little. That's one of my regular reflection times, and I protect that time. That's a good 30 minutes for reflection that is a consistent part of my life, and I value it. I protect it. Those 30 minutes of isolation are imperative for my personal growth. If you want to go further, smoke a Boston butt. That'll give you a lot of time. Another thing that triggered this podcast was a mentor sent me an article on the Dunning-Kruger effect. There was some information in there that made me think a lot about the power of reflection. The Dunning-Kruger effect is the concept that people who think they are experts in something tend to achieve poor results. But people who don't think they know a topic well, they tend to achieve better results in that exact same area. As a basic example, if someone thinks they know the material well and take a test, they tend to score poorly. People who think they don't know a subject well tend to score higher. So someone who thinks they're going to make an A-plus on the test ends up getting a C. But the person who thinks they will get a B-minus ends up getting an A. What a paradox. But when people are overconfident in their abilities, they don't put a lot of reflection into what they're doing, so they score poorly. When people doubt their abilities, they tend to think about it more, study more, work harder, and end up scoring higher than they thought they ever would. I've been on both sides of the Dunning-Kruger effect. When I was applying for the CIT exam, I was overconfident in my abilities. The CIT is a certification for being a safety trainer. I'd been teaching safety classes for years at the time, and I thought for sure I would ace a test like that. I had no need to study for it. I was an expert in the subject matter. So, of course, you know what happened. I failed. Then I doubted myself. Through that doubt, I bought suggested reading material, thought a lot about the test, reflected on the concepts I was learning in the books, and I passed the second time around. In this article about the Dunning-Kruger effect, it stated that people who are overconfident are at a double disadvantage. On one hand, they don't know the topic as well as they think they do. But on the other hand, they aren't doing the work to increase their knowledge. They aren't thinking about it very much. The people who doubt their knowledge, they're doing two things. One, they are continually learning more because they doubt themselves a little bit. But they are also spending a lot of time thinking about it. They are reflecting on it. And that reflection on the subject, it gives them an advantage. Reflection makes you achieve better results in whatever you're doing. Even if you don't experience self-doubt, those that reflect have a one-up on those who don't. I want to relate some of this to human performance and safety. I've watched a lot of people attend human performance courses and still not get the concepts or find value in them. 
Some have limited success implementing the concepts into their safety cultures. One norm is that they take the class, check the box that they completed the class, and now they know the material. But when you look at what they've done or are doing with that knowledge, it looks a little mediocre. I'm sure this can sound a little condescending, but I want to make a point. Human performance, leadership techniques, those things are a journey. There is no destination where you have it all figured out. We have to continually grow in these areas. And a major component of that growth is the reflection. I've also seen other people take an HP class, read, study, and learn more after the class. They view learning as a continual process, and those people seem to consistently achieve better results with their implementation of the concepts. You know, I've been blessed to have Mike McCarroll and Pam Fisher as mentors in my life. Having Mike as a boss, mentor, and stepfather gave me a great advantage with HP. He took me to a seminar where Todd Conklin was a speaker. I've sat through Mike teaching HP multiple times in many different formats. But there's something interesting I want to share. Even though I had that advantage, even though I was able to watch him and others teach HP over and over again, I always felt a little self-doubt in my understanding of HP. I felt like I just didn't know it well enough. But after watching Mike teach HP multiple times, I bought a Sidney Decker book. I read it, I took notes, I reflected on it, and I taught what I learned to other people. I'll never forget sitting on the back porch with Mike one day, and we were talking about that. I told him that although his teaching was always exceptional, although I understood the concepts, it wasn't until I did the personal growth work by studying HP myself and reflecting on it that I really felt I understood it. I grew that knowledge to another level, and it showed up in my results. I had to grow that knowledge of HP, and I have to continue to grow that knowledge. There is no end to this growth. There's a lot of information out there in the world on HP, and we will see more developed over the coming years. Growth matters. Constant learning matters. But I truly believe Reflection matters the most. Thinking about it matters. These components are intertwined. We can't just attend a class or read a book and call it done. It's a process. The most important part is reflecting on what we are learning. We have to think about these concepts and how we see them at play in our unique job. Otherwise, we aren't going to see much in the form of results. One of the best tools I've found for reflection is journaling. I don't use a standard paper journal. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I use Word on my laptop and the Note app on my phone. Sometimes I'm sitting in a hotel room and I use my laptop to journal. What I seem to do the most is take notes on my phone because it's usually close by. I can be out by the grill, sitting in a parking lot, hanging out on the back porch, and that phone is always there. It's a quick, easy way to document some thoughts or reflections. It's also super convenient with the annotate function. I organize these reflections in different folders on my phone. 
book notes, seminar notes, podcast ideas, article notes, new course ideas. That organization helps me quickly go back to refer to them later. Sometimes these notes can become pretty massive. At that point, I'll usually email those reflections to myself. Then I copy them into a Word document and I reflect further. I call this process reflecting on reflections. Not every thought I have is useful. Some reflections I actually get rid of. It's a great process to reflect on your reflections. It's like looking at yourself in the mirror. Sometimes when you reflect on your reflections, you realize some of those thoughts just aren't serving you well. All you have to do is delete them. And by deleting those reflections that don't serve you well, you're kind of subconsciously telling your brain that those thoughts aren't useful and you're deleting them from your brain too. Most of the time, my reflections are deemed useful. And when I look at those reflections with a fresh set of eyes, I end up thinking of more and better ways to communicate the concepts, areas where they could be applied in my life, experience I've had that they relate to, or what I can create from them. This deeper reflection on reflections is strengthening neural pathways in my brain. When the opportunity to share a concept comes up, I have multiple ways to communicate it because of this process. All the reflection work has paid off in that moment. I don't need to look at my notes or go back to a book or look at some PowerPoint slide because I've done the power of growth work. It's almost automatic. My brain is triggered by some circumstance to engage that neural pathway that I've strengthened deeply. It makes the connection subconsciously, giving me access to all those reflections in the moment that I need them. Do I have the right answer in every moment? Definitely not. But I do have a lot of ammo instantly available for a lot of topics because of this reflection work. And when I don't have good ammo, I can reflect on that and be better prepared next time. Reflection matters so much when your goal is to influence people. There's power in reflection. Reflection gives you the ability to understand how concepts apply to your life experience, regardless of how different the life is of who you learn them from. Reflection improves your ability to succeed in any area. Reflection improves your ability to teach others. Reflection is how you create great work. Reflection is how you influence people. It is one of the most critical components of personal growth. I hope you all find some time to reflect this week because it will make you stronger, wiser, and a better influencer. Hope you all have a beautiful week. Hey there. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a review. If you want to connect further, reach out at leaderthink.com.